Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sometimes in life, we encounter people who teach us things we never knew we needed to learn, who offer a perspective that forces us to reevaluate our outlook, and who humble us with their innate wisdom and kindness. Sometimes, though, we also meet people who offer us none of these things. Ladies and gentlemen, Flats and Shanks. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Alright mate? Yeah, good Dave, how are you? Yeah, alright. We've got new microphones, haven't we? Lapels. Lapels. Don't know if this is going to make a difference. Yeah. I feel like I'm on TV. Yeah, I feel quite grown up, but if I feel like naked because I haven't got any, it doesn't feel like we've got any equipment at all. It's like when you're on stage, isn't it? And you've not got a mic and you want to do something with your hands. Yeah. Got to sit on them, haven't you? I don't want to do it with my hands. That's why I'm sitting on them now. Yeah. That's why they're both down the sides of my tracksuit bottoms. You've done that before, though, haven't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Feels like someone else doing the podcast. <laughs> um, that'd be interesting to know. Can lap dance for you? <laughs> it'd be interesting to know if the sound's any better. Um, we know, we never, have never at any point claimed that this is a professionally produced podcast have we not once i mean we've got loads of equipment and to the untrained eye it looks incredible it looks like yeah but air, if you knew what you were like doing air traffic control here but if you knew what you were doing it you would think it's complete mickey mouse i just plug stuff in there and press every single button yeah um and if it works it works yeah if it doesn't um, oh, before well. we start talking about stuff, a couple of things to cover. We've had a bit of feedback. We asked for some feedback after, I think it was Guy Evans, who, you know, and it, this is all, we actually, we quite like a bit of feedback and it's useful. Um, so ultimately, we want to do what we want to do, but it's, if nobody else wants to hear it, then you actually defeat the purpose. So it was about whether our kind of catch ups and our uh, made up bit at the start and all that, well, it's all made up, but the sort of rambling at the start was too rambly and too long. And we got some, Loads of interesting feedback. I don't know if Michelle Shank sent all the feedback to you. She forwarded it to me. Um, I got sent all the feedback, and it was not unanimous that people like it how it is, but it was close to unanimous. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to ignore people that would like a bit more in-depth rugby chat. They don't necessarily want more chat about results. They want more chat about individuals, bit of insight on players and that sort of stuff. Um, but the general, the almost the almost universal um, view was that uh, you can kind of get rugby information anywhere. Yeah, maybe we spend a little bit more time on, on a bit of the rugby. Yeah. Sometimes we, we... Fly over it a bit, don't we? Too much, yeah. When, yeah. I mean, we didn't touch too much last week on Wasps-Leicester game coming up, did we? No, um, no. Things like that, so... But we were really busy last week and distracted. Very really, true. Really unprofessional as well. Yeah, turned out to be a great game, but we'll we'll take that on board and just send, send any feedback in you want. It's kind of. I mean, we had a little bit of feedback mind. about um, what you had to say about the podcast. Uh, yeah. They yeah. walk among us. <laughs> yeah, it was a podcast I recommended a, a couple of weeks ago because I enjoyed it. Yeah, but 
you didn't quite like it as much because of the grammatical errors in there. And yeah, and, and uh, we we, done, we did this ad nauseum last week, but at length rather last week. But What's her name, mate? Some, a woman. Oh, well, yes, yeah, so we got a couple of messages on um, Facebook and a lady called Ali McClellan. But she, she, but she wasn't happy um, that we didn't reply to her direct message on the Facebook page. No, but we don't have that, do we? No, we don't so do that. she was that unhappy that she decided to post it on our wall. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Considering I didn't get a response on the private message I sent, I'll post here as well. I was like, well, uh, apologies for that, Ali, but we don't have. I, look, I'm not even a Facebooker. Michelle does any Facebook stuff we do. Yeah, it's I Michelle's think, fault. I think uh, Michelle's just had twins, give her a break. But I think it's uh, some Facebook Messenger thing that we don't have. Anyway, we didn't see that. Right, do you want some, do you want some humble pie? Are you all right? What do you mean? Well, I've, I've already eaten. All right. <laughs> Um, do you want to tell you what they said? Yeah, go on. Uh, so it's basically about um, a couple of people bashing us for bashing the They Walk Among Us podcast. Bashing me, rather. Probably not you, Shanks. You, you like it. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, reasonable that people like... Uh, it's entirely that people like different podcasts. It's also entirely reasonable that if you've got something invested in another podcast, I don't know if they have. Someone openly doesn't like it on their podcast, they get offended by it. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but there was, you know, there were funny things that on the, um, I don't think it's funny or clever bagging out other podcasts, Ali says, and I, I never for once, never for one second thought it was funny or clever. Um, that's fine. But it was an opinion, that was all. Yeah, it's a view. And uh, she says, especially considering not even the same type of podcast, uh, Serial being long form, and they walk among us being a week-to-week storytelling. But now, I, I referenced that, I think. I listened to it back the other day to see if I was that out of order, and I probably did go a bit... I probably was more relaxed, more cri- critical than I would have been if I'd known somebody was listening, but, but you I still were, would say it. And you were hungry as well. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten for a good hour. and so. Uh, but I, I referenced that. I said, I prefer the long-form podcast. Mm. There are week-to-week podcasts that I love, but I prefer the long-form. I, re- I mentioned that, so I don't know why she's saying that. Listen to your own podcast. Your sound quality is not good. We know that. We never said it was. We're not. We are not Ever. willing to spend thousands of pounds on a mobile studio. We just don't want to do it. We don't think it's worth it. Um, look at some soundproofing. It's easy and inexpensive. We're learning as we go along. But as we've already said on this podcast, even we're just we're kind of making up. You as can we go never along. stop learning, mate. Yeah. So I had a hard time understanding you due to poor pronunciation and mumbling. Absolutely fine. We learn from that. I, I just don't feel offended by Ali's comments. And, no, I know. I know what she feels offended by ours, but I don't feel offended by hers. I often pispronounce my words as well, so it's it's quite <laughs> difficult sometimes. Understanding you're always pispronouncing your turds, aren't you? But Kirsty Lee, someone else joined in and said, "Super unprofessional. We're not professionals, so it kind of no, can't be." I mean, we've got we've got jobs outside of this. Yeah. And it's also, it's like, uh, point out the difference. Well, I, I got a job, you don't. You I just, haven't. Yeah. Christy Lee uh, wants to point out the difference between a network-produced podcast like Serial. We know that. A large team of writers, editors, producers who work full-time. Absolutely. An indie podcast, which is like ours. Now, the whole um, next time, think a little before you mouth off about things you don't understand. Respectfully, Ooh. Christy, I think I do understand that. Fighting talk. Yeah, I know what a professional podcast sounds like and looks like. This isn't one. Serial is one. But what I would say is if we were effectively writing something that would take 30 to 45 minutes to read, I would always have it proofread by someone independent. And they didn't, and it bugged me, and I'd stand by that. So, but then the other one, uh, I'm a friend, of, uh, a friend of both the podcasts you bashed. Things get around in the true crime circles. We're a tight-knit community. It's like we're being bullied by Christy Lee in the true crime podcast community. I don't think they're going to so kill us, do you? If you're, do me a favour, I'm absolutely willing to receive critical... We, we receive loads of feedback, not all of it's positive. Most of it is, actually, because we don't pretend to be something we're not, I think, but some of it isn't. Um, things get around, you know, kind of be careful. It's like, seriously, if you're going to threaten me on Facebook, you go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> you're threatening the wrong person. I'm not bothered. We're not, we're not getting into true crime yet, either, are we? We will, we will be if people keep... If they find out where we live, they might I mean, come and visit yeah, us. I mean, once, <laughs> once you sell your house and the drive's dug up, then possibly we might. <laughs> yeah. But until then, we're, we're going to stick to... Yeah. Rugby. But, yeah, the, the legals. That's the legals out the way with. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, we've got a good podcast today coming out. Have I we? Reckon. Well, we've got the two games, haven't we? Saracens, Exeter... Hang on a minute, Wasps. hang on a minute. Shanks has prepped for this one. Wasps, Leicester. <laughs> I sometimes do prep. You've prepped. Um, a bit of Lions news as well we talk about. Yeah, I want to know what you've been up to, though. What have been up to? Not, not, not that busy, mate. To be honest, I spoke in a dinner at Selby Rugby Club on Thursday with Doddy Weir. 
He's mad. He is mad. He's mad as a cut snake. He's a tall bloke, mate. He is tall, yeah. And dressed all in tartan. I really like his company, actually, Doddy. I think he's a really yeah. nice man. Um, we say that, do you know what? I listened to a few of our podcasts this week because I don't always listen to them. Yeah. And it is, someone wrote about it early on. It does bug me a little bit how often we say, great bloke, great bloke, top boy, top boy. But if we, they weren't great blokes, we wouldn't mention them. We dish out praise too readily. No, we don't. We, I've met Donnie three times and all three times the, have been great company. The guys that we don't mention on here, we, mention, we don't mention for a reason because probably we don't think they're great blokes. Yeah, or, Shane Williams. Yeah. Gareth Thomas. Will Carling. <laughs> Danny Grucock. Jo- yeah, jokes. Yeah. So, um, uh, with John Bentley, so he was the MC. Bentos. Always on form. Um, so that was, that was good. Uh, lovely place, Selby Rugby Club as well. Did you go Big down, old club. Did you go down well? Big old club. And then... Um, <laughs> and then I did something it, yesterday with... <laughs> was it not a great gig? Just be honest. I did something Adam. yesterday with... Matt me. Dawson and, and Sonny McLaughlin for Five Live. Um, I don't know what to make of it, really. I mean, it was great that I got invited on Five Live, yeah. but the title of the show was How Not to Win a Lions Tour. Oh. Yeah. So I said, you know, if you want to... <laughs> invite Shanks. Yeah. I mean, if you want to know how to beat Romania in Japan, if you want to do a show on that, you know, I'd love to come back on. <laughs> um, so we had... <laughs> So it was good though, mate. We had a little bit of a, a chat about what went on on the Lions tour and, and things, you know, like bus one, bus two. Was it live? I didn't hear it. No, it was, it was pre... Uh, uh, yeah, it was live. It was live. <laughs> When's it coming out? Yeah, <laughs> nine o'clock. Yeah. Sometime in the evening. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it was also with... Eddie O'Sullivan was on there as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, was, it was just about... Where's how, he now? He's not in America anymore. Was I'm not sure. Uh, it's about how, how Clive approached it how Sir Clive approached it and, and what he tried to do. And you can see all the reason behind, you know, why he wanted the boys to room on their own, you know, to get yeah. better sleep. And, you know, Paul O'Connell was on the show um, talking about how lonely he was in his room, you know, when he got back to his room and how sometimes you feed off your Just teammates. Paul O'Connell's book. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't, I didn't find it lonely. I, I loved it, but, you know, Matt Dawson had been on two prior to that, you know, so he had something to reference it to. But for yeah. me, I was just honoured to be there. I was like... Uh, just a kid in the sweet shop, just looking around all the time. Yeah. Wearing the stash. Still wear it now, you know that. You do. Got um, shorts on now. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and how he separated the teams as well, you know, so they, both teams, you know, the, the midweek, yeah. massive. I, I'm not... Chairman, secretary. Everyone talks me. about how Clive didn't quite get that tour right, and that's fine, I wasn't there, and I, I believe him, and I'm sure... Should have know, been He there. did. Should have been there, injuries, yeah. Um... But I, I don't quite know how you don't end up with two separate teams. Like, I went on a... Yeah, you're always going to end up with two separate teams. Yeah, I went on two with, when Jono was England coach. And, it, you know, what happens is that the, we're training, we're light training on midweek. We're light training on a Tuesday morning. The test team are full on because yeah. they played on Saturday. And you, cannot, you just can't train together. No, you can't, you can't. But it was... The point is, as well, that half the team would fly to different places in New Zealand to play and the other team would stay put. So... There's yeah. always that separation as well. But yeah. it was really interesting. Um, there's also a fair bit about the, the O'Driscoll tackle, you know, Mulia, yeah. uh, Tano Umanga. Tano Umanga and Kevin Mialamu. Yeah, the one um, Danny Grucock bit, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, it's, you know, there was no apology for that tackle. No one said anything afterwards. And it was a pretty horrendous tackle. Like, you know, if, if that happened in today's game, you know, there'd be three, four, five week bands. You know, nothing was yeah. happened there they were able to play last week. And it was just the fact that if something goes on like that in the heat of the battle, you can accept it a little bit more if there is an apology after, you know, but there was nothing. Yeah. Um so, you know, that was there. It was also there was um The All Blacks never seemed particularly apologetic actually. No, but it was a, a bit on uh, Alistair Campbell as well and his role within it. It was actually really interesting yeah. to do. We we talked about how sort of the, the team bonding at the start, which is always important mm. in any in any team or in any environment, in work, whatever, you know, breaking down those barriers. We, we didn't have that. I might mention it before, but we, we each had to create and uh, we'd given it we've given a print of what we had to draw on a big A3 bit of canvas paper with paint. And um, we didn't know what the end picture was gonna be. And then everybody had this individual canvas. And then we pieced them all together. There's this huge sort of, 
canvas with pictures, with uh, the lion's emblem, with lions, with rhinos, with giraffes, all these things. It all came together as one picture. Got it. But someone had doctored the, uh, the rhinos. Yeah. So one rhino had a massive cock. <laughs> And, and both were smoking fags. There was a cheetah with sunglasses on, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then, you know, that, that was our team bonding session, which didn't quite work. You know, <laughs> you, know you talk about Eddie O'Sullivan. It, just before we move on, it, it's not an Eddie O'Sullivan, but it reminds me of this really... Because I've just read Paul O'Connell's book, and part of the book is about where he knocked out Ryan Caldwell, the second row, in training and put him in hospital and a dark moment and that sort of stuff and um, sort of a crazy punch that went wrong and uh, remind me of Ryan Caldwell telling me the second row telling me about when um, Declan Kidney like dropped him the old Irish coach yeah and he was like now come on in here now Ryan he's like no no my accent's terrible but he he was like the accent's kind of important he was like no you get the thing the thing with the ball Ryan the bun with the ball it's like sex it's like sex at home Ryan you can't have it whenever you want it <laughs> Do you understand me, Ryan? He said, yeah, I get you, Dickie, I get you. He said, I knew you would, you dirty bugger. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you drop someone from a team. That. <laughs> one of Eddie O'Sullivan's favourite sayings was something like, um, I can't remember what one on, I, I, for them, I can't remember what one on, but he said, that's about as much use as a, a trapdoor in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was good. Um, and that's it, really, mate. Just watched a bit of the rugby the weekend yeah. by the way I'm, I'm feeling slightly uneasy since um, I, re- I referenced that uh, I referenced that kind of aggressive ending to that Facebook message we got from that lady who said we're a tight community watch who you, watch what you say kind of thing and I said go F yourself I'm feeling slightly uneasy about that now okay um, shall I get over it you think uh, heat the moment and heat the battle I'm sure they yeah. understand what have you been up to um, so Friday night, I, I spoke at this. I speak at this, or kind of host this um, HSBC rugby club. And they're a proper rugby club. They're just sponsored. They're, they're the only HSBC is the only bank that retains a rugby team of all the big banks, which is a real shame. They used to all have them, but the HSBC rugby team in Beckenham. Yeah, I've done it the last few years. It's really really good fun. Um, I did that with Jason Leonard, and you know, standing father up, father and son. Yeah. Standing up to do, uh, you know, stand, you know, standing up to do a Q and A with Jason Leonard is not difficult because you could just say one word and Jason has done it thirty times and has got ten stories about it and he yeah. was amazing. Um, that was really nice. And I did the uh, sevens the next day. Post yeah. the seven, bit, a bit of a hectic day. There isn't that much in life that stresses me out properly. Um, I was stressed about this for a few weeks because, and it's someone called Chris Glanville, whom you know, who's probably listening to this podcast now in his car on the way up the M4 from Cardiff to London who works for Perform who make our ITV highlight show yeah. that's moving to Channel 5 next season and um, he ages ago Michelle sent him an email saying HSBC would like flats to host the corporate areas yeah. the corporate, their, their suites at Twickenham can we talk about that quickly first before Hang on, I'm gonna move, I'm, no we're not, we're okay. not, I'm not going to leave it behind on Saturday or Sunday yeah. that weekend which one can you do? So she sent an email to Chris saying, "Look, it's semi-final weekend. Yeah, what weekend? What day can he do?" And she said, "He said, well, he'll be at the second semi-final because it's highlights. You've always got to be at the latest game, so it'll be Sunday." And I, I was never included on his emails because that's what agents do; they sort stuff out of that. And then, so she booked me for the whole of Saturday. When I finally saw the booking come through, I said, "This isn't right." I saw it weeks later. I was like, "Hang on, this isn't right." Both semi-finals are always on the same day now. Yeah. So we had to ring up, and long story short, good. I had to do the HSBC thing, and as soon as I finished it, I had to physically run, which I don't do very often, physically run yeah. from, the, from the corporate area. You don't do running either, do you? No, I ran in my smart shoes to my car yeah. and drove at the speed limit all the way to Coventry to get there for the semi-final and made it. So pretty well stressed out. What, um, who were you interviewing in the HSBC area, mate? Brian O'Driscoll, Ben yep. Ryan, Jason Robinson. Do them all, don't they? Yeah, oh, brilliant. Dream gig. They're, and they're really good as well. Really? They're really, really good. What, stories yeah. or is it just... J- Jason's more about... Because J- Jason's kind of... Um, he's just such a... He was such a phenomenon. Yeah. That people just want to hear what he was feeling before games and okay. what he thought about this so not, and that. you're not talking about the sevens, you're talking about their experiences. We talk about both, actually. Okay. And in, I just said, look, I know it's not a... And Ben Ryan, I mean, had all the stories about Fiji. It was, yeah. Some of them were phenomenal. So uh, without running on too long, 
he got he took over as his first training camp as Fiji head coach Fiji sevens the star player forgotten his name um, I couldn't I couldn't pronounce it I've forgotten it so it, no yeah no his top star player wasn't there yeah everyone says where is he he's in his village he can't come so he drives down to his village and they're like where is he he's through there and he's just in this room lying on the floor he's just lying on the floor they're like what are you doing he said I can't move someone's cursed my legs from another village like, what this is his star player professional player and he said I've been here for two days I can't move until someone takes the curse off my legs like is this for who looks around and is like can someone remove the curse they're like no no whoever put it on has to remove it something like that so he can't get his star player because he's got cursed legs and he's lying on the floor in his house was it Maleficent did she curse it, it was Maleficent yeah so just stuff like that it's just, and yeah. he, something else that's fascinating I bet that, I bet that was fascinating though listen yeah. to because that's stuff you don't hear ever yeah and then he was saying you know when a team concedes a try yeah. So you say you miss a really bad tackle and concede a try we rally around don't you. use me no you're, someone else yeah uh, Gav Henson, Jamie Roberts misses, Jamie Roberts misses, misses a tackle, another tackle. Another tackle. Um, we rally round you. We sympathise. We rally round you. And it's it's we, we either our confidence goes or it soups us up and revs us up. Whatever. They sympathise. They feel sorry for you. They feel sorry for their teammates. Yeah. So their natural. And this is fascinating. Their natural reaction is to all miss tackles as well. So that so that so your mate isn't the only guy who's missed a tackle. That's why I used to do it, mate. If Jamie is missed it? one, I would miss one. <laughs> just to, just so he would feel better about that, himself. South Sea Island influence. But oh, it's right. fascinating. So he said yeah. so during the Olympics in Rio when they won, yeah. he said if you watch it back, which you won't, but if you do, you'd you'll see them they make mistakes and they all start flicking their shoulders a bit like Jay-Z used to. Yeah. Right? And he said that's flicking away that mentality that says we all perform, we don't sympathise we're not all going to make mistakes so that you're not the only one who's made one. It's bizarre. So, it's like, bizarre. he basically made a huge psychological difference to yeah. that Fijian team. Yeah. They, were, they were unstoppable, mate, in that, uh, in that Olympics. Yeah, and he, he's like, you know, teams look out. He saw England run out and they look focused and rigid and up for it and psyched up and prepared. Yeah. And he said, Fiji, seconds before kickoff, as they run out, they're bouncing out, they're skipping, they're smiling, they're laughing. This kid or something, something along the lines of this kid walked out in the way of the team. And they were like, hey, buddy. And he stopped stopped and had a chat. Yeah. And it's like, no, you've got to run on. Yeah, it's okay. You're okay, mate. Sort of, where's mum and dad? Where are you meant to be? And he's like, as soon as he saw them out running out like that, happy and smiling, he just like, we've won it before they even kicked off. Did you go to watch the final? Or did you have to shoot by then? No, I had to go. Um, Oh, that was the next day. That was the next day. Um, Yeah, I know. I love that second second year running. Yeah, I love that. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, brilliant team. Absolutely brilliant team. I mean, yeah, it's it seems this London tournament is the one they really seem to perform at. Well, it's weather conditions, isn't it? They're used to it. It was a beautiful day, man. Don't like the heat. Do they? Don't like the heat abroad, do they? No. I said to Ben Ryan, my first question is, can you please put pay to the theory that the international seven circuit is basically a ten event stag do? Mm. And he said, "No, I can't." I think a couple of the Welsh boys won some awards. As like you know, top performer, I think was Sam Cross. Um, he was in the GB team, and Ethan Davis as well won, I think, an award for because it's all to do with stats as well yeah. as, as to how many points individually you, you get. Um, I would love to see, love to see Perry Baker and Dan Norton. Yeah, just have one on one on the pitch, seven minutes each. Yeah, have a go. Do you see Dan Norton's try? Which one? Well, the one where he makes a break, dances around, stops and starts. It's just like outrageous footwork. I mean, what an athlete. I know. He's got a defender on a bit of string. I know. He's just, what an athlete. So fast, mate. Yeah. And he's agile and he's explosive. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Amazing. Good weekend. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. 
Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bet of the week time. It's our bet, shall we? Now, you had the power in your hand last week, yeah. didn't you? Bet on Saracens to yeah. beat Exeter. Yes. We'll talk about that game a little bit later on. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, didn't come through, did it? No, no. Um, got that one wrong. But this week, it's uh, we, we're both in agreement that for the Aviva Premiership final, Exeter v Wasps, we will be betting on Exeter Probably. by four points or more. Mm. Um, we're going to get into a bit of detail now after this yeah. little segment on the games. But make sure you get on the website which is leovegas.com, and have a look at our bet. As you know, or you should know, all the proceeds that we win go towards our chosen charity, Children in Need. Terms and conditions do apply on the website. What? Yeah, got to be over 18. Jeepers. Yeah. Um, bet responsibly. Mm, yeah. Um, and also, go on there. The Twitter account, the better be shown up there. Make sure you follow Leo Vegas at leovegasuk. Yeah. Um, they sponsor this podcast we're in partnership with them mm. great company sponsoring Leicester Tigers next year make sure you get involved yeah if you don't Dave's going to hunt you down and give you a dead arm force feed your beef brisket rugby chat rugby chat sorry I'm just yawning yeah, I not, know. In, not in uh, preparation what have you done to your head mate you got a bit of a, a mark on there you, uh, uh, let me guess you walked into the door frame again <laughs> I, but no, I hit a branch of a tree while I was mowing my lawn on the old ride. You don't mow your own lawn, mate. I mowed my own lawn. Shut. What happened? I've never had my lawn mowed by someone else unless I was away. I was just driving along and bumped into a... I went round with a chainsaw about a year ago. I got so sick of cutting my head on branches. I went round and lobbed off every single low branch. Is that... Only I missed one. Is that why, you know, back in the day when you were like 18, 20, we used to call you fly mow because you mow other people's lawns? <laughs> <laughs> is that was, where it comes from I was a nightclub grass cutter that... yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever was an offer mate I mean, there he is fly mo oh, um, I was an opportunist grafter that's what I was <laughs> in for the kill um, let's start off with Saracen's Exeter yeah mate right there was three real good games in their playoffs yeah um, but we'll start with with Exeter Saracen's 18 points to 16. I mean, it was six all at half time, but that really didn't do the 40 minutes justice, really. No, it was hell of a 40 minutes, and it was windy as you like. It was a tight. Do you know what I really, and this might sound a little bit obvious, but I, I think it, it just shows you how key he is to Saracens. I think Brad Barrett was a huge loss for him. I know they had Duncan Taylor mm. at 12, but. I think you realise what a grafter he is and how, how good much, he is at it and how much of the dog stuff he does it's nothing yeah. he, you know he's not a big sort of X-factor player like, like a good out wide or an Ashton but he's so important to that team and he's, yeah. he's such an important cog in the way they function and he was a loss there's no doubt about that he does a lot of high quality work doesn't he Brad loads yeah I tell you what loads I thought... of like sort of what I would call hand to hand combat yeah, close quarter stuff. Yeah. A couple of times Exeter, Exeter chose to, and I think Sarri's once actually, chose to kick for the corner when the penalties looked kickable. Mm. I remember earlier on this season, I spoke to Gareth Steenson after, the, after a game down there on the pitch. Yeah. and Swirling wind? I, I, yeah, I, I just said, why didn't you kick that? And he said, mate, kicking there is a nightmare. And I, mm. part of me when I was watching it thought, the kickers are bottling this. This is a year ago, but now I know. And he said, just stand here. And we stood... And we moved 20 yards and the wind was completely different. Mm. And he said, it's because this end is open, it comes from that corner and it just, you, you can't kick here. So in warm-ups, he's like, I don't even bother kicking from here because it's so unpredictable. Yeah. So when they start 
a lot of it a lot of people thought wow that shows good intent going for the corner I think it's just wind uh, course knowledge that's what we say in golf course knowledge yeah. Um, yeah now you said on the Aviva ITV 8 highlight show a lot of players impressed you a lot of extra forwards impressed you now Townsend yeah he, he was really good really good yeah someone that's not played much first team rugby yeah live wire all the way through the kicking was good I thought very good mm. just his general play and the general speed yeah. of, of game and the tempo yeah. he gives to teams and scrum halves always give you tempo because scrum halves you know can either take their time at the base of the ruck or they can speed it up it's how fit they are as well because they've got to literally hit every ruck and get the ball away as fast as possible yeah of course um, really good um, loads though I thought I mean, scrum halves can force a back line to realign quicker, can't they? They can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they can, or they can just slow the ball completely down. And, and when when Pete Stringer first signed for Bath, and being in the stands and watching him, and he he was arriving at breakdowns, picking the ball up and throwing it, and there was no one there. Yeah. And you think this is crazy, but George would get it fingertips. George Ford would get it in his fingertips, and he literally forced the back line to be in position quicker. Yeah. Peter Stringer was on off the bench for 15 minutes and all the backs had their hands on their knees. Yeah. They were blowing because he's like he was forcing the tempo and it won in the game. It was I'd never seen that before. Now Armin was good as well, wasn't he? Oh, at seven. What a player he is. Um, From Zimbabwe. I think. Yeah, I mean all their big players basically stood out, but Phil Dolman was also good at 15. Got a Welsh call up now. I know, I know. 30, I think he's 32 years old. But but he has he has been really really good since the day he started. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree, mate. I agree. He's been consistent. He's had a few injuries, mind, but it was his break off the off the scrum centre field that actually set up Jack Nell's try. Yeah, steps inside. We was worth huge hole. Yeah, left back row wasn't coming across, but that put him massively on the front foot. And Jack Nell did real well squeezing that corner. He does. He does do well. Yeah. He's he's he's, he's, he's in my Lions 15. He's so moment. on form at the moment. He can just do almost do no wrong. He was, he's fantastic. But I, I really like Stuart Townsend. And Don Armand, for me, was just... I love his hair as well. Yeah. It's old school, isn't it? Big, hard unit. You know, he'd kind of, take a back to Naft and be like one of the baddies yeah, in the movies. But he, he done, kind of does these turbocharged runs. Yeah. But he does them and does them and does them and does them. And he's just one of that, that new breed of player who is very big very strong with a real engine so here's, here's, a, here's a point work ethic um, now the, the game was obviously back and forth all the way Mike Ellery champagne moment yeah. for that try oh, yeah. was Henry Slade in danger of a yellow card for that tackle because he went in with no arms no he, pick, he sort of picks him up he's on his knees isn't he no he ends up no, he, no he's not he goes, he goes uh, low and yeah. he drives up as you would in a tackle but Mike Gary ends up going over the top yeah. to try and put the ball down yeah. um, it's one of those uh, I can't quite picture it so tell yeah. me what you think I, know, I saw the finish I can't um, picture the tackle I don't yeah I don't think it was I know a lot of people were, were talking about it on social media about it it should be uh, a yellow card mostly Saracen supporters but Mike Gary's diving for the line over the top of Slade Slade tackles him well, gets a good shot on, and drives yeah. up. Yeah. There's no el- there's no high elbows or anything like that. There's no position where you you're looking to spear him, but Mike yeah. just ends up going over the top and scores. Try. I mean, personally, I don't think it was. Yeah, don't think they needed a card for that. I think it was it was just one of those. It was more so the attacker going yeah. over the top of, of yeah. Slade. So. Jumping yeah, a little bit like that. Do, you know, should we give Mike Ellery? Should we penalise Mike Ellery for jumping into it? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of like the fact that it's been let go. All but it, it was it was a real good finish by him. But mate, what about that penalty in the, the kick. half and the kick? I've been thinking about this, Tommy, and you would you would have you would have um, consciously watched more than me because for me, I take touch kick touch finals for granted most of the time. I'd be too tired to look. I think that is the best touch finder from a penalty I've ever seen. I think, I've, I think it's the best I've ever seen. You know in those situations, right, and probably backs are a little bit closer to backs and, you know, you probably wouldn't come that often close to a 10. Yeah. I always used to say to, like, Nicky Robinson, Kerry Sweeney at the Blues, stuff like that, you know, you'd, you'd go, like, go for distance now, but make sure you get it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a real crack, try and get it long, but, you know, get don't, it in. You don't cock it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be fair, mate, that made, without that kick, they, were, they wouldn't have won the game. They're not in the final. I, no. I didn't see how I like it. And 
How, how often is a team, <coughs> excuse me, losing to Saros with one minute 52 to go? Mm. You, you need something inspirational to happen, and that was that kick. That was absolutely phenomenal. Massive, massive balls. Huge moment. Delivers. Yeah. Um, Sam Simmons' try, obviously. Yeah. I've watched him a few times, mate. It's... He's a, he's a powerful player. He's not that big, but he's no, mega he's not, powerful. No, he's not at all. Yeah. I mean, his brother plays 10 yeah. as well, so... You know, when you see Simmons, the eight, when you see him up close and live, you see someone who's not that big. He's powerfully built. I mean, he's a big unit, but he's yeah. not six foot. He's not Don Armand's size. He's like, who are the Sale brothers? Curry brothers. Yeah. I met about them that on size, Sunday. Isn't it? No, he's smaller than them. Really? I'm, okay. I'll tell you about them in a minute, because they're 18 years old and they are units, both of them. Mm. I was with them on Sunday, those two and Danny Kerr doing this thing. What's their favourite food? Uh, Chinese. Yeah, I knew it was. Um, and they're just lovely, lovely blokes. And I say that about, we say that about everyone, we try not to. Um, Danny Kerr's a tosser though, I'm joking, he's also a great guy. Um, but the Curry boys were just, well I said to Danny Kerr, you'd be really happy. Has he got dwarfism? <laughs> no. Okay. no, okay. I don't think so. He's got, and I, and I, I said to Danny Kerr, you'd be more than happy if one of those um, Curry boys like brought your daughter home in a few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if they're the right age. Uh, What's if, a goblin? <laughs> just shut it, really. <laughs> because they're, they're proper units. They can look after themselves. They're yeah. really bright and well brought up. And um, they're not the best looking bits of kit. So they're not going to get loads of offers in nightclubs. That's what I was thinking about. That's what I said to them. And they were quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, but that Simmons kid, right, he, he, you see him live and you think he's not that big and you see him move. Mm. And he's got, a, it's a bit of the same with Dan Norton. He's nothing like Dan Norton when he's running, but they've got that power off the mark and you think, whoa. And you look at his, he's got a big ass and big legs and you think there's a yeah. lot of explosive power there. That's, that's what I was going to just say then. I reckon you can often tell how powerful someone is just, just by looking at their legs and their sort of, their arse and their yeah. quads and their calves. Yeah. And you can sort of tell. Not always, but often. No, but, uh, yeah, not always, you're right, but yeah. often you can tell because some people are, are quite thick set and they're not that powerful, um, quite good at pick and goes, but they're not, they don't have that yeah. explosive power. Then you look at someone like Sam Simmons and you can just tell. Yeah. He's a powerful boy. But look at look at Jack Noel, what he's like in contact, how hard he is to put down, how yep. good he is around the fringes. Another one. And you see him up close and without sounding too inappropriate, you look at his arse and legs, and mm. although they're tattooed and shaven and moisturised and oiled and tanned, they are big. Mm. He's big, you know, his upper body's not enormous, but his lower body is really big. And he, if you just saw his, their lower bodies in isolation, a lot of these guys could be, if you said that's a prop or a hooker, yeah. you know, Jack Noel's lower half would be no smaller than Skull Brits, yeah, yeah. or Jamie George probably. Yeah. Um, so they're powerful guys, and Simmons is just like that, isn't he? Really, yeah. really powerful. Very, very much so. Um, but, so they're in the final. It was, it was just, the, it was just the most fantastic game, and mm. I thought Saris would go there and win. And you know, I get, I get quite a lot of, I get extensive amounts of grief on Twitter for being biased towards Exeter, which is a bit strange. But played over hundred games for Saris, so if I was biased anyway, it'd be that way. Turns out I wasn't. I was neutral. But, you weren't there. Um, Andy yeah. Good was there for. Yeah, Good. Alan was there. Yeah. Alan Good. Um, but on the TV, it looked incredible scenes. Yeah. It's one of those games that you wish you were there just to experience the noise and the atmosphere. I just like the fact that Andy Goo lives near Coventry and had to drive to Exeter to spend mm. the day on his own while yeah. I was in Coventry yeah. with Marco. Perfect. But yeah, I was at the other semi-final. Yeah, but you're the anchor, mate. So. The what? Yeah, Call me? you heard me. I was at the other game. Sam and W. Holy Yeah, moly. so let's talk about that. So, Wasps Leicester, 21-20. It was fierce. It was absolutely fierce. It probably wasn't the best game. I don't know. All I remember was the atmosphere and how intense it was. Um, and some big players really stood up. Couple yeah. of thing couple of things I felt watching it. One were that Dan Cole had the best game I've seen him have, I'm gonna say a few years. So Coley. more than two. Coley. Colo, Colo. Bloody good bloke. Really good, yeah. Never met him. Yeah, really good guy. Okay. So he had he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, he was, for me, he was, we were, I was sitting with a load of journos in the crowd. You're talking about man of the match. He was that good. Yeah. And then um, they take him off. They take him off. He what? With, he he off. They, they, they take him off with 10 or 15 to go, whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why have they done that? And they bring on Fraser Balmain, good prop and all that. But Coley's just on fire. Mm. Penalty at the scrum, kick for the corner. Eventually, Wasp get the territory and pressure and win it. I'm not saying that's the only reason they no. lost. I just thought you've got a player who he plays 80 all the time, leave him. 
and it's, it was a change for change's sake. And I did, I did think the Wasp pack took, took, got their confidence grew when they saw Coley going off. Um, yeah, you know, Leicester gave away a couple of simple tries, which I, I feel that they could have defended easy. The first one was Beale's try, yeah, and they looked fine. They looked like yeah. they're in position. The only thing is Thompson's a little bit close to Tate. Tate comes off the line, leaves Thompson. Right, yeah. Beale gets on the outside just enough to to attract the winger. Feeds Larue back inside of Beale. Try Beale was again incredible. Oh, he, he goes off player. injured. What a player. and it doesn't. I'm not sure if he's going to be fit for the final. That would be a huge, huge loss. I, I'm going to go so far as to say I'm not sure they win it without him. Freddie Burns. What, I thought again. Yeah, I know both both tens were, were great. Cipriani was brilliant yeah. at, at ten for Wasp, but just as good was Burns at 10 and that pass he hands beat them over the what top a pass not, not many only a handful of players you and I included could throw a ball like that yeah I could play against 10 year olds and not throw that let's be honest but you know Wasp were, were 20 points to 16 upright and they uh, no sorry Leicester were 20 points to 16 upright and Wasps have a line out real close to their line I think Tommy Taylor might have oh, overthrown it Tommy Taylor came off the bench and I think three line outs went and you think you think Poor After that line, I think, right, that's it. And there's only a couple more minutes left. No more chances. Yeah. But Gopeth makes a tackle, gets to his feet, turns over that ball, and then seven or eight phases down the line, they score in the corner. Yeah. But Freddie Burns knocks himself out, Badly. making a tackle. Yeah. And you know what he's trying to do, because often when there's a big player there, they want to set up a mall, or you've got to take him down, or you've got to chop tackle him. But there's a technique to it. And you know he's a very brave bloke, mate. He just goes flat out, hits his head yeah. straight away. You look at people, someone like Dan Lydiot, You know he's yeah. a master at that chop. Shot. Like, there's, like there's a technique. Was, there, yeah. yeah, exactly that. There's a technique to it. Very brave. And every Argentinian in the world. Yeah, very brave. Throws yeah. himself, takes down the plate, but knocks himself out in the same um, in the same tackle, which means he can't get back to his feet. He can't get in position. There's a natural overlap. Yeah. And Bassett scores in the corner. But what, yeah. a, what a finish to the game now. What it was just... And, you know, you go, you go there feeling, again, completely neutral, nothing invested in that final except wanting a good game and whatever. Stylistically, or in rugby terms, we've got the best final. Yeah, and Aviva, you've got, you've got the two best teams, the two most attacking teams, the yeah. two most exciting teams, the two teams that you probably compare to, like, super rugby teams and the way they play and yeah. the tempo they play. Yeah. Um, you know, third place has never got to the final. Really? Third, third place has never won the Premiership. Apparently, someone told me the day. If you but say it with confidence, mate, no one will ever. Third place you know, has never won the Aviva Premiership. No one will ever doubt <clears> you. In this for this system, whatever it is. Yeah. But it, yeah, Jimmy Gopeth was. I mean, it was him or Dan Cole for man of the match, mm. and you'd probably go in the end. You go Gopeth, but on balance, you'd go Gopeth. Gopeth. He was just. He was inspirational, and do you know what? Who I was really impressed by, Freddie Burns was brilliant, as you said, was brilliant. But Danny Cipriani, because mm. Wasps weren't quite at it. They weren't quite doing it in attack. They missed a few opportunities. They couldn't quite get the ball wide fluently. Leicester shut them down. They were really aggressive. Um, and they couldn't quite get after it, Wasps. Mm. And Cipriani absolutely didn't stop. I watched him loads during the game, and he was full of chat, full of encouragement. He was aggressive. He was telling people to calm down when they needed to. Yeah. And he didn't stop trying to create things. He, I mean, you could argue that's his job, but it, it just did it did not go what way that game yeah. for large swathes of it. And I thought he showed real character. Launchery was knackered at one stage with that, with a Tom Young's accidentally whacked yeah, him, didn't he? But fair play to him. It looked it looked nasty as well. well I spoke to Joe after the game and I said, Are you alright? He goes, Yeah. I said, Young's he got you there. He goes, Yeah, I know, I know. I said it was an accident. And he's like, was it? Do you pro- are you sure? Yeah, he, he comes he, flying he, in, doesn't he? He thought Youngsy might have taken him out. No, so I don't it wasn't, think so. This was, like, this was like early second half, mm. wasn't it, I think? And, or first half, whatever it was. And Joe didn't know until after the game when I spoke to him on the, actually on the field that it's an accident. So he was still yeah. wondering what had gone on. I think he was looking for Tom Young to say, mate, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing with um, you? Yeah. yeah, but then... So anyway, at Delivering the game... Delivering a message with his knuckles. Yeah. Knuckle sandwich. Um, so after the game, we're sort of on the touchline... And, you know, we, we, Shanko, blokes like you and me are just um, rocks. We don't get too emotional about these things, uh, about rugby, but it ended up being a really emotional finish because you remember 
you forget for parts of the game and then you remember again that a lot of the motivation for Leicester Tigers was what's happening to Tom Young and of his course. wife. And, of course. Um, at the end of the game, I just sat, I was about five metres from the Leicester bench and I just watched. Um, Ellis Genge came off the field absolutely empty, like he properly emptied it. He was outstanding in that game. And yeah. then again, and you'll watch Tom Young's and he just one knee on the touchline and just folded and broke down. And you're like, oh my God. And then the Leicester team all get around. Youngsy starts to speak and it's just like poof, it yeah. just, and we're standing there with a the camera 30 metres away waiting to speak to someone for an interview and we all start crying like it was just yeah. brutal I, yeah. welling up absolutely brutal so yeah. it's, I just felt although completely neutral I felt like I would just love much as I love Chiefs and all that I, I would and the way they do things I would love Tom Youngs to lift that trophy yeah. but it yeah. wasn't to be I agree mate I agree um, but what a match just 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 astonishing and the the worst news to come out the weekend was Billy Brunapola. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll we chat about that in, in a bit with some, oh, sorry. some live chat, but we've just gone with the, the Pro 12 yeah. um, playoffs as well. Now, we were down in Scarlet's last week and you know, we knew they were going to, we spoke to them, they were going to Leinster to play and we didn't really give them a chance. Well, I wrote them off a bit, didn't I? Yeah, so well, I, I thought that as well. I thought it's a tough place to go. Yeah. But. Very happy to be wrong, actually. Very happy, mate. Um, and they did it with 14 men for the yeah. majority of the game. Steph Evans got red card. Do you see? Do you see it? Yeah. It was it was the correct decision in, in terms of the the it's law the right and call. the rules. Um, it's the right call. And there's a lot of people who say it's not, but I think it is. Screw you, it is. Um, but to, to finish that game with with that amount of players, and sometimes I mean you've been in it as well. I've been in it where you do lose a player to a red card, yeah. and it just galvanises you that bit more without. Yeah. You always try as hard as you can, but yeah, you know you've got to try that little bit harder when you're down to 40 men. You've got to work that yeah. bit harder. You can't rely on on you know having that extra man because you're down to 14. You have to communicate more aggressively. You have to communicate more. You, yeah, it's just everything has to be 10, 15% more. I often wonder if you think more because you have to think about certain situations. So you're running around the corner and I know so-and-so is not there. Yeah. So I'm looking three players out and I'm saying you... And you, I wonder if that focuses you. More. I think it does. I think more so in set piece as well, because when you're losing the yeah. man, whether it be back row or whether it be on the blindside wing, you're aware of that more. So yeah, your brain's constantly ticking over. You're, you're thinking constantly, you know, potentially where they're going to attack and things like that. But Stefan has played such a huge part in the, yeah. in the season in the in that game as well. What a good try! Yeah, you know he's he has to he has to be playing for Wales. Yeah, um, in the summer tour. He's a fab player. Um, I hope he's not banned for a long time. I hope the red he won't card. Be. He won't be. No, I mean he's no yeah. way. I thought Cubby Boy was pretty special. Really good, really good. He's not going on tour either. I know. What's going on? I don't know. We got a couple of questions on that later. Will what's going on with that? But he he had to play Is a lot on the, on the wing as well, and you yeah. know he was he was jamming. In. Only someone like him could do that, mind because because of his experience in the sevens, and often you find yourself on the wing. It's very yeah. relevant to 15s, you know, that's that type of defence. Wide open spaces. Wide open spaces where you've got to make yeah. a decision whether to jam in or stay out. Yeah. He's got pace, he's got skill. And there's he's a lot got of great que- tats. A lot of questions going on now as to why he's not involved. I don't get it. Um, so anyway, Scarlet's in the final. They're playing Munster. Munster pretty easily beat the Ospreys, Tolman Park. Ospreys faded away, didn't they? Yeah, I know, I know. It's a bit sad, that. Yeah, the last sort of... I reckon four to six weeks they've slightly they're slightly off the pace but you know they've, they've still done well they're in the Champions Cup next year they've yeah. finished top four yeah you know, the season's over now they'll write it off they'll start again start building again they've got new yeah. players coming in they're losing old players so um, so hopefully just kind of another season but they did they did yeah. well to get to where they got to but they did fade out a bit didn't they yeah so we've got a, a Munster Scarlet's final next week and do you know what I'm backing the Scarlets I fancy them I'm backing Munster okay um, yeah. but I won't I'd love Scarlets to win actually yeah just I mean pure, purely because they're underdogs they're a, they're a I don't think they're underdogs mate well, no, but not, I mean they're, after the, yeah I know what you mean you but not mean, after the weekend's game it's, it's kind of like Tottenham against Chelsea it's kind of they might not be underdogs in form but actually they are a less successful club in recent times so it'd be nice for them to succeed that's, and that's what I mean and we're big mates with Phil Bennett now so Bezzy's with yeah Benny up the Scarlets up your what the big news out of the Lions camp yeah literally out of the Lions camp try to persuade him but 
he feels he's not 100%. Gatlin's on the phone to him, you know, just trying to get him over to New Zealand you know, to assess his injury there, but reckons he couldn't give you know, 100% and his shoulder's not right. And it's a huge loss, huge loss. There's, there's no ball carrier in the Northern Hemisphere like him. I don't care what you say about... Well, Louis Picamol, except him. British. British, okay. It's not what okay. you said. It's not what you said. No, all right. Pick, pick me up on the technicals. Um, there is no, the fact again. There's, there, fact there's no, uh, there is no ball carrier like him, and him and Owen Farrell, I thought were the two biggest players on this tour. You've lost one of them. I would argue. Someone said, "Is there is there a worse player the Lions could you lose?" And a lot of people have said, "Yes, Owen Farrell." I would argue otherwise. I think Owen Farrell is virgin on irreplaceable. But there are some really good 12s. There are 10s you could put at 12. I, I don't think Billy is replaceable. I don't, um, think there, I don't think there is another one. Faletau is wonderful, wonderful. But he doesn't have the brute force that Billy has. Uh, in heavy traffic, there is no one like Billy. I would still say lines. Farrell is, I reckon, is the best player on that tour. And I suppose he's be, kicking goals and stuff. He'd be the biggest loss. It's, it's not just kicking goals. There's a lot of good, good goal kickers out there. It's, it's how he plays the game at, at 10 and 12 and how he doesn't make mistakes hardly ever, how he makes his tackles, how he's cool under pressure, how he makes the right decisions, all these things. And, and not just and not just, you know, club level, you're talking the top level as well. And there's yeah. a big difference, you know, about performing at, at that level. Yeah, he's fabulous. internationally. God. Billy I should know. You should. <laughs> <laughs> the other night the other night this bloke who introduced me and Jason Leonard goes, um he was like, you know, uh 122 England caps between them. Without Flats's contribution, there'd just be 114 left. <laughs> you know, your usual stuff. And he was like, Jason's win percentage for England, 72, 73%. Flats, 88%. Everyone was like, <laughs> and Jason was like, they only picked him when they only picked him for the games they was going to win easy. <laughs> All right, Jason, you're right though. You're so, dead right, mate. Um, he said he got sent our video we did for the BBC where I'm sitting next to his jersey in that pub and you're like, should have been you. Didn't happen, did it? It's like, nah. Were you the next Jason Leonard? It didn't work, mate. And he was like, yeah, you know, you do, you do yourself an injustice, mate. You know, your injuries at the wrong times. He's like, are you patronising me? A little bit, son, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was class. He was um, class. So, Vinopola's out. Uh, Haskell's in. Yeah. Banter. Bants with a Z yeah. off the charts. Someone tweeted, someone tweeted, 40 lions and one Bantosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> on tour. Uh, someone did this brilliant picture no. of the British lions emblem. Might have been egg chasers, actually, those lads. And, he, and it's just Haskell strutting out with his, walking out onto the, when he got off the bus at Twickenham to yeah. walk through the crowd and he's got his GoPro on a selfie stick and it's like, really, wrong tour, you know, like, ah, jeez, you know. Oh, no. But, like, I, th- I think Haskell's a worthy lion, definitely. But if you're looking for a like for like, wouldn't Nathan Hughes be? Yeah. You know, a number eight. But yeah, Gatton doesn't rate him, obviously. No, but I think they're they're now looking at CJ Standard primarily as a, as a number eight. So yeah, behind Falatau, you'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I I actually thought if you're looking at uh, seven, I thought Hamish Watson must have been close. Thing is, Haskell can play more positions. He'll play six, seven, eight yeah. for you. And, and uh, Hamish can only play seven. Yeah, and if you're and Haskell doesn't, he doesn't technically cover second row. But if you if you're up against it midweek, yeah, Haskell can jump in the line out. Of course, and he's an ox. He's 118 kilos, so you could stick him in there behind a decent prop and say push. Yeah, Hamish Watson, you can't do that. No. So that argument about Hamish Watson going, I think, is valid. But I think there are reasons. That's, that's why not many sevens, you know. Um, Specialist sevens are ever on the bench because they only play one position. Yeah. Um, but Warby's fit. Good news. Great news. Yeah. With 11 days to go, 10 days, I don't even know. Whatever. Whatever. Going out pretty um, soon. Reese Webb, Ken Owens, still slightly injured. Yeah, the Ken Owens one's an interesting one. It's his ankle, I, isn't it? I heard. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't know what it is actually, but I heard some interesting chat about who might go. Otherwise, and you you know you ne- you never quite know. And are they going to pick Dylan? But do you know what? I no, I don't. You know what? I if I would, it wouldn't surprise me. I I I would be serious. What I'm going to try and get to, I, I usually takes me twenty minutes to say something. I'm going to say this in ten seconds, Good. three seconds. I would 
absolutely have Fraser Brown near the top of my list as replacements to go to New Zealand. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. Do you want me to agree? Do what you want, I don't care. Okay. Do you know who else I'd have near there? Yeah. Okay. Said it before, say it again. Right, my love, it's question time. Okay, lover. Um, right, we've got Sam Herbert on Twitter. Why do teams make substitutions at 45 minutes and not swap at half time? I, do you know what? It, Again, no, I don't. It bugs the orange peel out of me. I do not know why. I do not know why they do that. Why? Just change it at half time. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, it's strange. Um, it's sort of like premeditated uh, subs, aren't they? Although but, once, <clears throat> we were playing against Toulouse, well, playing we Bath against Toulouse. Here we go. <clears throat> and um, in the Heineken Cup, it was then, or in Toulouse. And it was a really important game for us, and we had it won. And Johnny Fatamatuanu, the Samoan back row, accidentally kicked it through a ruck, dived on it, penalty. They won it, and it was yeah. just one skill over. We basically had it won. Skrella kicked it from the touchline. Anyway, I started the game. Dave Barnes on the bench, and I was blowing a bit at half time, but I actually had a decent half. Like the scrum stood up real well. Yeah, I accidentally made a massive hit on David Skrella. <laughs> yeah, like I was just blowing out. I couldn't get in. I was too tired. But obviously, eighteen stone plus behind you. Yeah, don't I, have to I put that much force on the ten. Yeah, I just ran up. They were like up, oh, and I just moved forward, thinking it's the last couple of minutes of the half. I just need. I'm dying here, blowing out my ring, and um, You're not dying. And not dying, but struggling here. Yeah. And um, David Skrella got the ball, and I just looked and accidentally got him like face on face, bashed him, and everyone was like, "What a hit!" I was like, "Do you say anything?" Wallop. <laughs> Don't go down my channel, boy. No, I didn't. I just went. <gasps> anyway, I pop. I, um, that, yeah. I yeah. popped my rib out, dislocated a rib in the first half in a scrum, and I knew I'd done it, and it was pretty sore. And I said at half time, "I think I've done a rib. Can I?" can you have a look at it so the doc's in there and he's like right we can do this we can do this but we can't put anaesthetic in it because it's not legal you haven't cut yourself and yeah so I'll be completely cut frank me. I'll be completely frank on this podcast I said fucking cut me then yeah cut me and get a jab in it because it's killing me and they, the doctor said absolutely not he's the Gloucester doctor now Julian Widowson okay and we said this about 8 million times on this pod he is a great bloke I, I would trust Jules of my life and saved me a lot and he said absolutely not I'd rather you didn't play Do you trust me with your life no Yes, with, with I said, I, he said I'd rather you didn't play. With your sister? We're not doing it. Not with my sister, no. Okay. Um, so, hence when I put the elbow in a few years back, stop it happening. So, he he said I'm not doing it. So I stood up and said, right, I'll you know, luckily I'm a tough bastard. I'll dig in. I said, no problem. I'll dig in. And as I walk out of the changing rooms, the team has already gone out. I can see yeah. I can see Nick Abendon and walking out the back. I was like, oh shit, I better run out. Yeah. So I get you know pull my shirt back down pull my shorts up and pants up and run out because I, you know, Julian made me take my pants down to check my rib. Never understood that. Anyway, I ran out and the, the team manager stopped me. He's like, Flats, what are you doing? Barnsley's on. And they subbed me off thinking I was injured with my rib without telling me. Yeah. Absolutely livid. I maintain that if I played, would have won that by 40. <laughs> right. El, El Paso de Quibra. Do you know last week you couldn't pronounce that guy's name? It was Cure. Yeah. You were like Kur, Kur, Kur. Different pronunciations, isn't there? Dove, Dove. Cure. It's an English word. Dove, Dove. Like medical cure. Cure. Chill Jesus. out, mate. Jesus. H. Have some caramel tea. Right. Live longer. Right. Um, what, what's your favourite cut of meat? Um, I would say probably either a brisket of beef, or no, probably a, a really good ribeye. Yeah, I, I had a Spanish ribeye with my mate Marcus, who's Devon Woodsmoke on Twitter. Yeah, I see you post a lot of stuff about him. Yeah, he did a reverse seared Give Spanish us a free ribeye. Barbecue. It's the best steak I've ever had. Um, did someone write that? Give us oh, that's, that's you. Uh, Matt Joplin says, is Chris Robshaw unlucky to miss out on the Lions call-up in the wake of Billy V's injury? Um, yeah, he would have been one of the guys that was up there. Had yeah. a chunk of time out injured, studied Haskell. And were, yeah, realistically, like look at Wilson from Scotland. He could have gone. I think he's a really good player. No one talks about. And yeah, there are there are there are plenty of top, there are a good number of top boys that could feel unlucky now. Yeah, here's an interesting question, right? Alfie Clark. Um, if the Lions had Sexton at ten, Farrell at twelve, and a half penny at fifteen, who do you think would kick at goal? Farrell. Well, do you know my thoughts on this? Go on then. If if they've all got the same sort of percentage rate, and they're all great kickers, I would leave it with the ten because. The last thing you want to do is start messing with the 10's brain and 10's confidence because they're in charge, basically, of, of running the game, of putting in the right positions. If you take that away from him, then there's a lot of, 
oh, they don't have confidence in me, and that sort of, and it can affect his, his game in general. That's really interesting. I never thought about um, that. That's how I think of things, anyway. You know, if there's yeah. if a ten is just as good as someone else, give it to the ten because you want him in the right frame of mind for the game because he's yeah. the leader out there. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, what would what might end up happening is you could try and leave it to the players to decide, but then what if they all wanted to do it? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about that. Um, right, more questions. Um, what can James Haskell bring to the Lions squad? Pete Ferguson, Twitter. Ah, ah, Pete, you know what he brings. He brings loads and loads of tackling, loads and loads of hard work, training his ass off. And absolutely amazing blokes. I, I think that, I think that's the biggest part. I agree. I think he'd be a, he'd be a brilliant tourist. Just there's a lot of downtime because you're training for two to four hours a day. The rest of the day you've got to time on your own. You know you're hanging around with the boys. You you're want you're pe- living together for a yeah. month or more. You want people who are good laugh to be around that are yeah. funny. And uh, he is he's not only very funny he and very nice. He's also relentless. He doesn't sleep. So. I, I, get, I got the feeling when we spoke to Warren Gatland that it was very close between Haskell and Sean O'Brien. Yeah. And I think if it had come down to... Oh, it's the phone. Yeah. We're, at Shanks', we're in Shanks' mum's kitchen, by the way. Um, um, but I, yeah, I think that, that'll be a big, big part of why he's What's going. your Lions back row now? Billy's out. That's Michael Lees. All right. All right, mate. Shut that up, mate, will you? Oh, mate, I don't know what's going on. Are we going to hear a message? It'd be no. so awkward if we heard a yeah. dirty message. <laughs> what are you wearing, Stop it. What are you wearing, Jane? Um, I, um, I, oh, I'm distracted now. I would um, have Fallatown number eight. It's Warburton at seven. And... CJ Stander. CJ Stander at six, yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. Um, if Omani has an inspired... Few weeks before the tour, he could he could nick it for me. Yeah, just going back to that. Um, in the remember, I talked about the slave tackled Gary Jackson on Twitter. Wanted to know whether yeah. he should still be on the field, um, mate. I think that's about it, really. Yeah, I think it's at this point. Dan Wright says, "Do sorry. I get jealous of Flats' bromance with Durders? Yeah, massively. You do a bit. Don't I hate Durders. Seems a better crap than me as well. You do a bit, don't you? Yeah." Um, We'll have a last one. What's your favourite sandwich, mate? Oh, God, that's not easy. Uh, beef and horseradish. Okay. Or no, 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 no. Crayfish tails and mayo. That's so you. <laughs> What's yours? Cheese and ham. No, pickle. That's so Branston you. Branston pickle. It's so but you. It's got to be a nice cheese. It can't be just like a, a crappy cheese. It has to be an extra mature mm, cheese. About as Welsh as I am. Yeah. Um, at this point, uh, we would like to say, uh, send, for what it's worth, all our love and support to the people affected by the horrible stuff that happened in Manchester. Pretty difficult. I uh, don't know about you, Tommy, but... Um, oh, mate, it was, it was... I, I can't... I, can't I, haven't, I, I know about it. I know all the facts and stuff, but I can't bring myself to watch anything about it because it's... It really me. affected me more so than anything, not only because of the, the absolute tragedy, but, you know, I've got kids myself and, yeah. you know, my little daughter was desperate to go see... Ariana Grande yeah. as well so it's yeah it's terrible times um, we put it, I put it on Twitter yesterday we tweeted it from Flats and Shanks it's an amazing poem by a guy called Tony Walsh in Manchester Longfellow oh, okay. his name is yeah. and he just sums up what Manchester is yeah. and they did a bit of a tribute yesterday it's absolutely incredible and moving and inspiring and I I want you all to go on onto our Twitter account and have a look at it because yeah. And I'm not, I'm not generally one for... I will have a look at that. I haven't seen that. I look forward to reading that now. But I'm not generally one for quotes. And that sort of, people get very emotional and people say a lot and there are fake bits of news coming out and that mm. sort of stuff, whatever. But a man called Eric Stoller on Twitter yesterday tweeted a quote from Martin Luther King, which is one of the ones that I do... When I say often, I regularly think about, which is... Darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Mm. And that, that sort of works for me. Mm. Yeah, well, our thoughts and, and prayers going out to everyone in Manchester that's been affected by this. Yeah, have a good week, guys. Spread the love. Thanks. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.